Welcome back to the 2021 NFL Seasons Leatherheads podcast. This is episode two. Uh, you know, before then, we did about a day before week one started. Right now, we're starting fresh. Thursday night game has not even started yet, so there's no recap in that. Um, we do have the Washington football team against the New York football Giants tonight. Um, and probably the lowest scoring game this season, maybe. Uh, maybe the most boring matchup we've seen to this point. Of course, yeah, I think so. Honestly, I I think Daniel Jones probably has two fumbles. Possibly could get benched tonight. I, I genuinely think that. Did you see that number that it's like he's he has he's had a turnover in like 26 or 27 games like that of, of his like career starts, but then he's like oh, yeah. three total turnovers. He's he's honestly, in my perspective, like the fact that like anyone would compare Jameis to him is ridiculous. I think like he's just an awful like an awful player doesn't bring any value to the team besides like turnovers. What's his like special trait that he provides? Like Jameis is a gunslinger. He has the arm talent. It's just not there. Like, he's not even a winner. Like, Jameis was a winner in, in college. Like, Daniel Jones doesn't have college to fall back on. Here's, here's the most important thing about Jameis this week, um, other than, you know, getting that big one over the Packers. This yeah. guy, um, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Paul Hembedkidis, Hembedkides, I don't know. Um, Paul Hembo on Twitter. Um, <laughs> he sent a video of that, that touchdown pass to Deontay Harris in the fourth yeah. quarter, uh, the 50 yards in the air. Uh, Drew Brees attempted 9,421 passes for the Saints and never had a single ball that traveled 50, air, 50 yards in the air. All right. This is this is a kind of a weird point that I got to make about Brady defense. Brady never led in his career short passes. Brady was always seen as a check down guy. Drew Brees was the actual check down guy. Drew Brees. 100%. Uh, Drew Brees was ups- – like, Alvin Kamara had a great career with the Saints because of Drew Brees. He always checked it down to uh, Darren Sproles, Pierre Thomas. Like, there was – he had a plethora of running backs, Big Ben, Philip Rivers. All those guys are bigger check down guys than Brady. The difference is maybe once in a while Drew Brees would hit a 40-yard pass and everyone was like, wow, like, look at that. And Brady was always killing you with the, the intermediate – slant routes, the slant routes, the curls, the outs. Like, that, that was Brady's game. Yeah, Brady was always like, you know, the 15-yard drag, like comebacks, all those like difficult throws, but they were never just deep balls that like everyone would Google yeah. their eyes over and mouth. Yeah. But uh, you ready to start some uh, fantasy talking points here? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, important to note, it's just me and Abel this week. Um, Matt and Hunter couldn't make it. Um, so we're going to take the notes that they gave us because, you know, we, we try to schedule these segments to try to make it go as fluid as possible. Uh, industry secret. Everything's not off the top of our heads. Yeah. Uh, we make notes of everything. Um, so Matt's um, first segment was going to be QB Wows and QB Woes. It's a great title. Um, his his first name is uh, on the list is Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah, I honestly was uh, very impressed by him. I mean, he was banged up for most of the end of the season from like week uh, 10 on. Like he, you could tell he like looked significantly different from the first half of the season. I think his stock fell down significantly. People were blaming Cliff Kingsbury. Some were saying D Hop was a little bit overrated, and like he just like wasn't adjusting to the team. His route tree wasn't as unique as it was with Houston. But clearly, Kyler's back, and he's as good as he was before. And it seemed like the health problems were the reason that were slowing him down. He looked fantastic. That ball to uh, Christian Kirk was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, great man. catch, by the way, too. Great catch by Christian. It was a great catch. Honestly, as difficult of a catch as it was to throw. 
I think it's important to note as well. We talked about this before we started recording. Uh, you mentioned we, we're trying to pick our bets of the week. And you said, you know, the Cardinals, you know, they have a minus three and a half spread this week. Yeah. Uh, one week they're on, one week they're off. And you never know. Um, I'm forgetting who they're playing against this week. The Vikings. They're playing the Vikings. They're playing the Vikings, who got totally outplayed by the Bengals last week. Uh, this feels like a trap game is better to me, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Um, such a low spread and a team that just dominated their opponent week one. Um, obviously, Kyler's a wow guy. Can't deny he looked great. Uh, he kind of shut up those people like me who are saying the Cardinals aren't coming to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and he has great MVP odds. Now. I don't know the exact number, but week one gets a little inflated, but he looked good out there. Um, his number two wow was Mr. Jameis Winston. Um, the best franchise quarterback the Saints have ever had. Completely well, airing, it out, airing it out against the Packers defense. Not even Aaron Rodgers could keep up with Jameis Winston. Um, as Matt mentioned, he's not entirely sold yet, but if the defense can play the, like they did and get the ball back in his hand as much as they had in that game, only good things are coming for Jameis in, in uh, New Orleans. Uh, I 100% agree. I had Jameis on my fantasy team. I was not, I was impressed. I was really happy. Honestly, I was expecting, you know, two, three touchdowns, just keep it, you know, keep it light, but honestly, very impressed. And I feel like Sean Payton's going to give him more of the, the keys to the offense and more uh, an even watt bigger playbook, less, less control over. I mean, less uh, micromanaging him, making sure it's short, it, short, safe throws. So he only threw for 150 yards. I think that was the first time in NFL history, any quarterback had four or more touchdowns with less than a hundred. He had, yeah, he had five touchdowns at 145 yards. Yeah. That's, a that's so, an easy, great position. Props, props, props to the defense for that game. They got Obviously, the too, once Michael Thomas comes back, expect him to continue his uh, incline upwards. Yep. Yeah, Jameis was finished 14 for 20, 148, five touchdowns, had six carries for 37 yards. Kamara exactly. um, carried the ball 20 times for 83 yards, uh, three receptions for eight yards, being a touchdown, another short touchdown. Um, waiver wire pick of the week, for, in some circles, Jawan Johnson, um, three, three receptions, 21 yards, and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Deontay Harris had that 50-yard touchdown. It was 72 yards. Chris Hogan had a touchdown as well. I will like to say this. The Juwan Johnson one should be a must, especially like for a guy like me who's completely forgotten one league to pick up a tight end. Juwan uh, Johnson completely beat out Adam Troutman, who was like the front runner to be like an elite tight end for the Saints. And he was a guy that we had, we had talked about. He's maybe going to be a top eight tight end pick. Yeah, and I had written about him. And I gave him a couple of stars to be a good tight end, and that was all what the fantasy heads were essentially like bringing up. I was listening all summer. He was a sleeper guy to be the next TJ Hawkinson or one of these guys who's going to you know put up sixty catches, six hundred fifty yards, like five six touchdowns. But no, it's Juwan Johnson, a converted wide receiver to tight end, and he made it. He's still listed. He's still listed as a tight end wide receiver on sleeper. If you pull up the stats from that game, the Green Bay New Orleans game, the number one wide receiver on the team was Juwan Johnson. Yeah, he was. He's a legit player. He's a baller. All right. Um, Obviously, we're going to note, you know, the the guys who, you know, model of consistency is great quarterbacks in the league. Mahomes, Brady, Wilson, Dak, uh, they played great. I mean, you don't expect anything less from them. There's yeah. one guy missing from that. There is one guy missing from that group, though, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He was not, he was not great this week by any means. Uh, 15 for 28, 133 yards and two interceptions. Not great. Uh, 
so yeah, this was a bad week for Aaron Rodgers, but I will like to say that this is probably going to be the only bad week of the season. As in, like, fantasy number-wise, you're not going to get this type of performance where Aaron Jones scores you, like, three. Adams gives you, like, five. Rodgers gives you almost nothing. Like, I know a lot of people were upset, frustrated. You probably lost your first week because of that. But it's it's a long season. You're It's, it, it's 17 weeks, guys. Like, so... I don't, they're playing the Lions this week. Expect him to put up big numbers and expect them to like really try to reclaim that NFC North throne. And I mean, like, if you're looking at the way the NFC North has played defensively, no teams won week one. They're all, yeah not, o- yeah, not only did no team win, they all looked poorly on the defensive side of the ball. Like, the Bears looked embarrassingly bad. The uh, Vikings looked bad against the, the, what do you call it? The Bengals. The, and the then Lions. And I thought Dan Campbell was going to be, you know, more that grit and grime, like, you know, the defensive line is going to be solid offensive line. No, they got embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know what? I'm not going to say embarrassed though, because we're going to go into the next guy, Jared Goff, who finished with 34 points rostered in 6% of fantasy leagues. Uh, as someone who had the 49ers and survivor this week, um, I was petrified for my life. <laughs> that comeback almost made me shit my pants a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's it was like 36 to 7, something like that, at some point in the game, something like that. And all of a sudden, it, I, I don't know what the final score of that game was, but they scored like they scored, 14, they scored 14 points in 40 seconds. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, I will say this. Uh, it seems like the 49ers – had all but kind of given up on the game. I think they thought it was a pretty locked in game. I will say the Kyle Shanahan teams have been, have been known to play poorly. Play down, play down, play down to their opponent. Not only do they play down to their opponent, like defensively, they, they become very, uh, I, I don't know, like the, uh, the defensive intensity kind of lacks. I mean, Super Bowl game is definitely a good example, kind of blowing the lead playing lackluster. I mean, he was a part of that Falcons organization. Obviously, he wasn't that coach there, but it seems like a common trait with his teams that, like, the offensive game plan, which also leaks into the, how the defense plays, doesn't also match its intensity when they're up big. And that's how you get guys like that. I mean, Jared Goff is a quarterback who knows how to run the two-minute drill. He's a veteran guy. Like, that two-minute drill is nothing to him. You know, a, guy, a rookie quarterback would be a more difficult situation. But with a guy like Goff, he's going to be competitive these game situations yeah I, I i will take some blame on this one i mean not blame i'll i'll, I'll take what i said um, on another podcast about jared goff back um i've always been a notorious jared goff hater because you know i've been a carson wentz guy my whole career i've always been wentz over goff um jared goff comes into a situation in detroit um you know where it looked like he needed to lean on more people in his last uh you know tenure with the rams and they send him to Detroit, which is like, you know, the last place you want to have guys leaning on you there because they're all like shattered and awful. He yeah. looks great. Um, you can call it garbage how much you want. He gets the loss still, but I mean, 38 for 57, 338 passing yards, three touchdowns, two two point conversions. I mean, you can't complain about that. I wouldn't expect it every week, but he looked great. Um, next up, my, next up's my guy, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Matt, Matt had a few questions about Jalen Hurts' performance. Um, was he the biggest shock of all QBs in week one in your eyes? No. For QB performances, I mean, he – fantasy-wise, team-wise, the fact that they 
dismantled the Falcons way they did and like just kind of soundly beat them. Yes, I was shocked, but his performance, no, like he's going to put up great fantasy numbers. He always was. I mean, did I think he was going to look more of a kind of like a young quarterback? Yeah, but he didn't. He looked boys. I mean, he looked like he was in college. I mean, I'm not shocked that the Alabama quarterbacks have been playing so well in the NFL or the more talented Alabama quarterbacks have been so well. In the NFL. To look at, look at Jalen hurts career numbers. He's only, remember this. He's only made five starts in his yeah. career. Uh, his first game was against the saints. Uh, 17 for 30, 167 yards, a touchdown, 18 carries for 106 yards. Goes to Arizona the next week, 37.8 points, 24 for 44, 338 yards, three passing touchdowns, 11 carries for uh, for 63 yards and another touchdown. Against Dallas, week 16, first time playing a division opponent. Comes out almost 19 points, 21 for 39, 342 yards, touchdown, two interceptions, nine carries for 69. Then that season finale where, you know, um, they tanked and put in Nate Sudfeld in the second half, um, you know, 20 for seven for 20 interception, eight carries, 34 yards, two touchdowns, not the greatest, but still with that 30 point performance this week, he has failed to have a game where he scores less than 16 points in fantasy. That's not bad at all for a guy who's played five starts on a tough team with a with you know when the Eagles' offensive line is healthy, they're probably the best in the league. I I'll say that that's probably a bold take. But if they're healthy, uh, they're the probably the Browns, best. The Browns and the Patriots would have something to say. Maybe the Cowboys, but the Eagles have a legitimate, legitimate offensive. Maybe an aging one, kind of aging one, yeah, but 100%. I think a legitimately very good one, a competitive one. Too. Yeah, it, it was nice to see that from Jalen. Um, I like. I, I 100% agree. I don't think he's very shocking at all. He's going to continue to do this for you. He's going to run for a lot of yards. The the shocking part is how well the receivers have like are playing right now. And the the Kenneth Gainwell, um, uh, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith. It looks like these guys have been been playing with Hurts for a couple of years now. And it looks this offense is actually the development of this team is kind of moving, trending in the right direction. All right. Um... He has a few more in here. I'm just going to skip around. I'm going to go to Terod Taylor. Um, I actually, I actually do want to say. You want to talk about Josh Stafford. Allen? Stafford. I, I would like to Stafford. bring up Stafford. Stafford, and we can bring in his wide receivers too. Uh, Matt wanted to point out that uh, should we expect 20 to 25 plus points a week from Stafford? Could he move into that Mahomes, Brady, Dak kind of territory for fantasy quarterbacks? Uh, what is, What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to say yes to the first question and no to the second. You don't think 2025? Absolutely. I love Matt Stafford. It's been so difficult watching him on a really bad Lions team for all these years. He's a stud. He's a he's a good O line now, good receivers. I'm Um, just telling you guys to home Bray Wilson deck. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, I don't think that's the case, but you know, uh, I'm just pulling I pulled up his stats right next to me and Honestly, for a guy who played on such a terrible team that lost Calvin Johnson pretty early into his career with the Lions, he consistently put up fantastic numbers on an awful team. At least like around like 15, 16, 17, 18. Like th- that's, you know, you can say what you want, but I mean, on he the team, he didn't throw interceptions. These are the things that have uh, uh, Sean McVay super excited. I mean, he looked fantastic. He looked efficient. The offense was carving up the Bears' defense. And, I mean, the Bears were supposed to have, a, you know, a startable at fantasy defense, and he made them look really bad. It wasn't like his second pass, like a 60-yard touchdown to Van Jefferson? Yeah. Oh, my. We have to, I have to talk about that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into him before we get out of quarterback. 
Yeah. Um, Tarod uh, Taylor, rostered in 4% of fantasy leagues, 27 points against the Jaguars. Um, I think everyone kind of thought that that was going to be a blowout win for the Jaguars just because the Texans. Uh, I couldn't name a single person on the Texans' defense, at least. Preston um, Reed, that's it. Preston, yeah, okay. I don't know anybody. I, yeah. The Texans are supposed to be awful, and they're now 1-0, and the only 1-0 team in their division. Um, 27 points, not bad at all. He looks like a starter um, who's been playing for years, and, you know, this is like a good game for him. Obviously, yeah. he's been a backup for most of his career. Um, usually he'll play the first two or three games, and they'll go, okay, it's time for our rookie quarterback to come in and play. That's been him. Um, he looked like like a like you know um, he he looked great. He looked like a veteran quarterback. Something that I, I don't even know what, like what we'd expect from him. Um, but I mean, he didn't look like a guy who's been sitting on the bench for three years, pretty much. Yeah, honestly, I I loved uh, Terod. I wanted him to be the Patriots quarterback. Obviously, he was on the San Diego Chargers. I think the Patriots win a couple extra games with Tamrod as quarterback. Probably go nine and seven type of thing. But that's, you know, not here nor there. But uh, I wouldn't start him in on, on my team. I wouldn't sign him. I don't think he – listen, last year the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts in the first game of the season, and they proceeded to not win a single game the rest oh, of the Oh, trust game. me. I know because I picked the Colts in Survivor week one last week. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly the point. Like, it's a long season, and – the team has like some kind of gritty players. I don't think they'll be the worst team in the league. I think they'll probably end up winning like four games, four or five games. Probably end up beating the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars might be the worst team. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we can jump into them first because we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence next. Um, Matt has him listed at 25 points. I don't know. Yeah, I have him as I, I am as 19, 28, 51, 332 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. That is a Jameis Winston stat line if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Just hugging the ball down the field, few interceptions, two touchdowns. Um, you know, it's hard to say he didn't he didn't, he didn't look good. Um, as Sleeper said, it was a mixed bag. I hundred percent agree with that. He didn't look awful. Um, it's just the Jaguars aren't anything special. Their O line's nothing, their D line's nothing. It's it's a game where you're probably just be airing it, airing it out because you're probably going to get decked by a, a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, DJ Chark saves my fantasy day with a big touchdown from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, not much else to say. I mean, he didn't look awful. Um, uh, but as we will see with a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, that they're going to be playing from behind. I will say this in uh, Trevor Lawrence's defense, there were a couple questionable balls that threw were picks, but. The team, the team's defense didn't really help him much. He was probably he's trained, playing a lot of hero ball out there. I mean, it's good numbers wise. I think Lawrence is still like, especially if you have like the tenth or twelfth best quarterback. I think he's startable. I think he's gonna they're gonna be down bad in a lot of these games. And you know what? Volume is better than no volume. And like you'd rather have someone like him who's gonna maybe give you four touchdowns, and two picks, rather than someone who's gonna give you maybe two TDs. Like it's just. There's more value in a quarterback who's going to throw the ball around more. Uh, I do have some stuff to say, but more about the Jaguars team, less about him. It's not really – I'm not really interested in him. He's going to be good. Uh, um, yeah, I, I guess a similar situation to Trevor Lawrence with Zach Wilson. Um, not you know, worth starting. That's all I have to say. He's not worth – without Mackay – they just lost Mackay Becton. They're playing the Patriots. The schedule is about to get a lot tougher. They're not going to be playing – 
I mean, the, even the Panthers have a solid defense, not a, not a, like a legit defense, but a solid one of young guys. Uh, I mean, Corey Davis is a, a guy worth having, but Zach Wilson's we, not. Yeah, we raved about Corey Davis in that first podcast, and he looked great. Yeah, um, and there's a good connection there, and it's going to be there all season long. Yeah, and one thing I want to say about that, not just Zach Wilson, but that game in general, um, both those teams look like the worst teams in the NFL, the Panthers and the Jets. If it weren't for Christian McCaffrey scoring like 30 points without a touchdown, that game would have zero interest from anybody. Um, Sam Darnold does not get a pass just because they won that game. He looked awful. Absolutely awful. Um, the one pass to Robbie Anderson was nice, but he kind of he was kind of wide open on that. Yeah, too. he was he was wide open. But uh, let's uh, yeah, Mac Jones, your boy. What do we got? Uh, you know, Matt would have been hyped to talk about yeah. this. <laughs> uh, Mac had a pretty pretty great day. I mean, he went twenty for thirty nine. They let him air it out in certain situations, but I feel like they were they didn't want to give him the keys to the to the offense. Also, Mac did not throw the ball into the end zone all game. Mm-hmm. There was not one pass that they allowed him to throw in the end zone, and that's problematic because they were in the red zone four times, and they came out with field goals in three of those possessions and a fumble in one of them. So it seems like that I think they were kind of babying Mac and micromanaging him too much, and he looked good. He Between 20 to 20, he looked fantastic. But it seems like if the Patriots are still kind of unwilling and still – still primarily focused on getting uh, the running backs like 30 plus carries combined, like, you know, uh, pretty sure. I'm, with, I'm very okay with, I'm a Damian Harris owner. Exactly. Damian Harris had a fantastic day. He probably fumbled the ball because he had tapped out at the end of the game. He had been, he asked somebody else to come in and they kept sweeping those tosses. And I think if you're even a Damian Harris holder, you probably want you know, the offense to look better and to move the ball more efficiently down the field and allow Mac to do what Mac does best and uh, to take more of the reins. I mean, it's better if you, you're uh, Hunter Henry older, John Smith holder. If you're a fan of the team, you want them to finish out those drives to score touchdowns because that's how they're going to win yep. the game. Yeah, but you know, seeing a running back over 23 carries is not the best time with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it, and it's not. And especially if, a lot of the the play calling was pretty lackluster, especially down the stretch. The run call, the run call is really bad in certain situations. Yeah, uh, I, I I will say one one well known adage that comes in the running back game. Um, Damon Damon Harris twenty three carries for hundred yards. You, you can't, you know, add a touchdown and it's a that's like all over the news in the fan, in the football world that you know Damon Harris is the guy to pick up this week. You got to have him if he had a touchdown. Yeah, still played great. ball control is job control. Um, but luckily, Damon Harris is no one really pushing him because Ramadre Stevens had one carry. Yeah. Um, so Damon Harris, you know, just got to clean it up. Uh, I don't blame him for fumbling on that drive because, you know, he has three guys trying to peanut punch it out of his arms. So I will, I will say this. Trent Brown got hurt early in that game, and you could tell after Trent Brown had gotten hurt, and the first drive of the game, they had moved the ball really well, running the football. 30-yard carry the first play of the game. Yeah, 30-yard carry. But after that, in the next 23 carries that uh, the offense the offensive had had after that drive, they were 23 for 90, which is about, like, less than three yards a carry. And it's around three yards a carry. A little bit more. My math might be kind of off. I might be. <laughs> but the point is they were kind of very inefficient running the football. No Trent Brown. 
obviously probably hampered how the Patriots wanted to use Mac. So I still think he's worthy of probably on your bench. You know, he might be a guy you may or may not keep on your bench, but nothing more. Uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, um, both scored touchdowns. Lance passing, Fields rushing in their first performances. Um, I'm still skeptical of what's going to happen with these offenses. That's why I'm staying away personally from both of them. I mean, if you have, a, if you're like in a dynasty league, like you obviously probably like these guys aren't on your waivers, obviously because someone has them already. But um, I don't know about rostering them yet until it's made clear that they're starters. Uh, Fields is probably going to start sooner rather than later. Lance, the offense is is going to be really good. I mean, Jimmy's a winner. I think that's something you really can't take. And I obviously it's something unquantifiable, but. As a quarterback starting for the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy has won way more than he's lost. I think they're like, uh, oh, man, I wish I pulled up the records. But he's significantly better than anything else. Yeah. Their, record, their record without him is really bad, is what you're trying to say. Like, yeah, without essentially, him, like, it's kind of Belichick and Brady-esque. Like, it's it's even worse than that. Shanahan's, like, unwinnable without him. But uh, – that's it for the quarterbacks. We're on to uh, Hunter's segment of what he wanted to talk about, the injuries and the, the kind of the impact, the inj- injury impacts across the league. And obviously I'm going to probably bring in like some of the guys who you should sign if, if you've lost these guys. So yeah. uh, you want to Fitzpatrick, obviously he's a quarterback. In a great, great deal about quarterbacks. Any of the guys that we brought up, definitely you could replace. I mean, do I not, hope you wouldn't be not, starting Fitzpatrick. Please do not play Taylor Heineke. Please just no. don't roster him. First off, you shouldn't. I hope you didn't have Fitzpatrick rostered because, like, he's in a situation where, like, he he only has two legit wide receivers. They have a solid defense. It's going to be ball control. It's a very ball control heavy offense. And they um, play some good pass defenses all season long. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like. I mean. It's worth having, you know, Logan Thomas and uh, Terry McLaurin because they're going to get a lot of the touches in the if they need to throw the ball, but yeah. targets. But uh, anybody, like, it's not a high head. It's not a heavy pass game. Yeah. Passing team. Uh, next, we had Jerry Judy out for six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, six, eight weeks for the, the high ankle sprain, and those are tough. Um, probably really common injury to get. Uh, ankle sprains can take longer to recover than ankle breaks. Yeah. Um, that's something that's important to remember here. So he has to rehab that right. Um, Corlton Sutton is a guy, he was definitely a breakout candidate last year and he got hurt. Uh, I think like diving for a ball, something like that. He, he hurt his shoulder. I forget what it was exactly. Um, his first game back, th- they definitely were trying to manage him. Um, I don't see his snap percentage right now, but he had three targets, one reception for 14 yards. Um, that's not bad if you're like a fourth, fifth string wide receiver, but this is a guy that they're trusting. They're probably going to be wide receiver one anyway because of how good he is. But uh, that's a stat line that you don't want to see if All you're right. the Broncos and Cortland Sutton. Exactly. And it also is a major problem when you have guys like KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick on your roster. Last week, he had four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tim Patrick is a legitimately solid NFL wide receiver and I just like worry about. I think Tim Patrick's a guy worthy of being signed off waivers because Sutton still. I think both of them are. I love KJ Hamler. I love yeah. KJ Hamler. I think, yeah, KJ, KJ's a copy of uh, Judy, just like less of the. Uh, smaller. smaller. Definitely smaller, too. Smaller, less of the route running ability. But Sutton is like. Do a favor and go watch KJ Hamler's highlight tape at Penn State. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And I mean, in Sutton's case, like his injury is gonna take him a long time to, to like heal up. Yeah. Just yeah. doesn't seem like he'll be the same guy in the short term. And uh, yeah, Tim Patrick's one of the guys I had written down as a guy for signing for. Uh, a guy, another guy you could sign for as wide receiver, Zach Pasco. So only no, only just two point four fantasy leagues. I've been seeing him uh, kind of come off of a lot of teams, uh, a lot of leagues that I'm in. A lot of the free agencies, he's kind of the top guy after a couple he of is, he's in He's the number one trending for additions on Sleeper right now. Exactly. And uh, on top of the fact that he is the Colts' number one wide receiver, he can play in the slot, he can play outside. He's clearly their like, most dynamic wide receiver, and it uh, seems like it's going to be the way – I mean, it seems like that's going to be the way it is all season. Yeah, he was a recipient of both Carson Wentz touchdown passes. He looked good. Um, yeah, you can argue that he was open, but, you know, it takes – skilling it open in the red zone. So um next guy, also, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. Um obviously that Cowboys pass attack is going to take a big hit with him gone just because he's a guy that he can open up space because how fast he is and he's also a guy that can be a recipient of space being open from Mari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. All right. Uh, I would like to say this about uh Cooper's great week one. He was fantastic. But if Gallup plays, you're 100% right. I was always – when I noticed the, the end of the game, Stadlin, I was like, oh, wow, he was 100% right. I will say that uh, Gallup probably takes a lot of the t- – would have taken some more of the targets away from Cooper or even CD. He's a legit wide receiver. I think Gallup yeah. is – Gallup's going to get a nice contract after this year. He's that's, a good – That was – that's literally my favorite thing to talk about when people talk about the, the Cowboys wide receivers this year. Because we we obviously debated CD versus Amari Cooper, who's who's going to emerge wide receiver one. I said Amari Cooper because it's a contract year. Yeah, it happens in sports. It, like it's not like you just like get better because your contract's ending up, but you want to put on a show. Yeah, even more of a show. And you know when it's time to get paid. Obviously, Amari Cooper's getting that bag already because he is who he is. Yeah. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be giving him that bag, but they might give Michael Gallup some money because he is his own contract year as well. Yeah, I feel like they probably lean towards Gallup and CD long term because both of them are younger rather than like Amari Cooper because he's probably going to be expensive. But who knows? I mean, Jerry Jones is pretty eccentric and, you know, he likes his name brand guys, even if it's at a detriment to the team. Isn't it crazy that Cooper's only 27? It's like he's been in the league forever. I know. I feel like he's an old man. What a, what a player. He's been uh, playing for, this is his sixth season in the NFL. So this team. I'm very salty about the San Francisco 49ers are the most absurd team in the fantasy world is upside down because everyone thought they had known what Kyle Shanahan's going to do, what his players were all summer long. Everybody knew what was going on. First off, I knew Raheem Mostert was going to get hurt. I'm not shocked by the injury of Raheem Mostert. What I am shocked is Trey Sermon did not even dress for the game. I picked him up in so many of my leagues and like, Obviously, at a low cost, he was he was available in like the tenth round in most of my leagues. In one league, he was taken in the seventh round because a lot of people were really high on him. If you've listened to any fantasy football podcast, they were like, "He's going to be the new Kyle Shanahan back. He's going to take over." And Elijah Mitchell, do we know who this guy is? What, <laughs> I mean, sixth rounder out of Louisville was that who he was? Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, he had a hundred yards. Did he score a touchdown? He did. He did. He did score a touchdown. So. He seems like the RB1. He is the top guy coming off of every, every single league's, um, uh, what do you call it, waiver wire. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he's almost at like a 99% roster. I'm going to check that right now. 
um, what his ownership is. But, you know, who would have thought that the 49ers, two big offensive weapons, uh, Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, were going to combine for almost 300 combined uh, yards this week. And uh, next player I will bring up before he pulls up the stats, one that really hurt my heart, Brandon Ayuk being completely irrelevant. He played 22 snaps and had zero targets. A grant zero. Hey, hey, he did return a few punts, though. I could not. The last thing you want to see is a wide receiver. If a wide receiver is on punt returning duties, he is not a priority in the offense. He's he's in the doghouse. And Kyle Shanahan brought it up, and he said he primarily said it was about like him growing, growing up, and also it was very vague, but also very kind of like you know, it wasn't like a real injury. Like it wasn't really focused on as much about the injury with his hamstring. Obviously, he coaxed him like, oh, it's about the hamstring, but. It seemed like there was like you know something more than just a hamstring injury with him and uh, Ayuk. It, it just doesn't seem like right now he's immediately going to play, and he's not worth starting at all. I mean, they started Sanu, and who is the other kid? I blanked on his name. Scored a touchdown from Lance. Uh, I had his name Trent written Sherfield. down. Trent Sherfield. Yeah. Oh my god. And uh, Ayuk was a guy everybody thought was going to break out. A breakout superstar. I mean, he had a fantastic season down the stretch at the end of last year. And I mean, I suspected that he was going to be great. And I'm just kind of disappointed now that I spent a premium pick on a guy who is not going to be fantasy relevant for who knows how long. Yep. Uh, I, I got the numbers for Elijah Mitchell. Um, so first, um, where did he come from? I think he, um, I think he's from Louisville. He's a sixth round draft pick. Um, before this week, his ownership, his rostered percentage was 5%. That has jumped 76% to 81%, wow. which is insane. Um, and he was started in 1% of leagues before last week. So someone started Elijah Mitchell. Honestly, props and to that 33%. Props to that guy. A lot of respect. All right. Uh, um, we got um, some power rankings. These are um, also hunters. For tight ends, we have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkins-Sox, George Kittle, Logan Thomas, Noah Fant, Mark Andrews, Gronk, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higby, Jared Cook, and Jonu Smith. Um, I think it's definitely interesting having Hawkinson above Kittle. Um, I think you can argue that maybe he has a little more share in the offense in Detroit because he really is the only guy that you know Jared Goff can throw the ball to, at least we thought. Um, I, I'm kind of confused by Logan Thomas at five. I'd like to hear his explanation of why Logan Thomas is at five because he had a very underwhelming game. I Don't would know put, the new QB. I'd put Gronkowski at five. I know the offense is going to be kind of uh, bipolar and like who the main guy is going to be. I think only one guy is consistently going to be the main guy. is going to be Chris Godwin. But it seems like the Brady-Gronk connection is going to be too alluring for Brady to not give him a good amount of targets all season long. I know O.J. Howard may be coming back. I know Gronk will probably personally sit out certain games or, you know, like plays to let O.J. take a backseat, backseat essentially. But uh, the thing I would change in Hunters is Darren Waller, number one by a landslide. I know Travis Kelsey's fantastic. I love that take. I love that take about. I love love Travis Kelsey. Drafted him in the first round. I honestly – was gonna, I didn't want to wait for Waller. I was worried that, like, between late second, late third, 
Derek Carr's lost his damn mind. He just blindly throws it to, to, to Darren Waller. And if you're a Darren Waller fantasy holder, you are probably going berserk. At this pace that Darren Waller is going to be at, he will have like 120 catches, 1,400 yards, and like 15 touchdowns. 19 targets. Granted, the game did go overtime, but 19 targets. Most of the targets came before that. There was a big play shown that Darren Waller was wide open on the right side of the field. Linebacker and coverage dropped in, and Derek Carr threw a check down. That could put about another 60-yard touchdown for Darren Waller. I would like to to stress this point. They're going up against not just some random team. They're going up against the most premier defensive team in the last decade. One of the – like. The Steelers, the Patriots, the Ravens, they don't just get beat like by like some rinky dink quarterback and some some tight end. Like and they stress on your best player. And like they 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 focus on taking that guy out. And if your court and if a guy like Darren Waller is still beating these guys, man coverage and zone coverage, double teams, then Jesus Christ, man, you have a player. And if Derek Carr just gets him the ball in better and more opportune situations, he's going to have a fantastic. I, I, I think I've said it publicly three times this offseason that Darren Waller is so much closer to Travis Kelsey than people think. I and 19 targets. I think with um, uh, Kelsey, he's probably going to have more efficiency. There's more efficiency in that offense. And also, it's just that Mahomes probably – Tyreek Hill's not going to play as great as he did. And we're a uh, little frozen. All right, we're good. All right. Uh, what I was saying is, uh, it says internet connection on the same, but we're good. But uh, basically, as I was saying, I think uh, Tyreek Hill is, uh, he's not going to have as le- the same level of consistency as Kelsey. And I just think that like Mahomes has a great connection with Travis Kelsey and he's always got those inside routes. Yeah. So, I, it's important to remember that Tyreek Hill is not going to catch almost 200 yards and, and pass yeah. the game. And they're not going to win. They're not going to win. They don't win games by those big, big plays by Hill. They win games with like the underneath stuff with it, Kelsey. Yeah. Um, Virtually unstoppable together. Yeah, but uh yeah. do you want to move to I think see I think because Kittles has a different target share in that offense. Yeah. So you want to move to uh your segment? Yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go boomer bust. Um kind of like you know Matt Matt did a uh wows versus woes with quarterbacks. Um I chose three players at each position, only two tight ends. Um, also I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have a second tight end as well for the bus, but, uh, my boom quarterbacks of the week are Dak with 28 for Tampa Bay, Derek Carr, 24, 435 yards on Monday night football. Obviously Jalen hurts, 28 fantasy points, 264 pass yards, 57 rushing. Uh, looked great against Falcons. My bust are Josh Allen. Um, you know, 17 points. That's I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's decent. But if you have a guy like Josh Allen, I took him early. Um, I'm invested in him. The Bills are financially invested in him. 17 is not great. And I think those 17, like, all came in the first half pretty much because that's when the Steelers took over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my, my next one's going to be Matt Ryan as robust. He had seven fantasy points. The Philly defense isn't impressive. Uh, Matty Ice made him look great. That wasn't a great time for them, only six total points. Next up for boss, Ryan Tannehill. Guy just could not keep the ball in his hands. Uh, shout out to Chandler Jones for five sacks. But Tannehill had 212 yards, no touchdown, an interception, and two fumbles. Did not look great at all. Um, I would like to, to, you know, kind of push the conversation to focus to, to next week. And just like to say, Dak's going up against the Chargers. Chargers defense don't look 
fantastic against the Redskins. I mean, the Washington football team. Football team. Football editor, team. editor, blurt that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, random question. My friend is texting me this on the fly. Should he start Sterling Shepard tonight? Sterling Shepard. Yes. I, I, I can I look at what he did last week. Uh, he had a fantastic game last week. He did? Yeah, he did. Up against a respectable Denver fantasy team. Um, yeah. He had nine targets, seven receptions, 113 yards on a touchdown. I, uh, those stats look great. I will say hammer him. But if you have two better wide receivers and a decent run back to put a flex, I wouldn't play him there. Um, but if anything, he's a flex option, I think, for, the th- for Thursday Night Football. He needs a, a third piece. He already has D-Hop and another starting wide receiver. He's just looking for a guy to flex in. And I yeah. just don't like the matchups that he had with those skill positions. Obviously, we can talk about that later. I would like to bring up Josh Allen has a bad matchup again this week playing against Miami. They have uh, two of the best corner – I think the best corner tandems. in the By, uh, Byron Jones, Avon Howard, is that they still got? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, – Imagine if the team still had Minka. Oh, oh. oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, man. Imagine oh, uh, that team- uh, Javon Holland, the guy from Oregon, who they drafted in the second, third round. He looked amazing last week, too. Exactly. So uh, be wary of starting Allen. Obviously, you're going to have to probably still start him because he's your main guy. Yeah, you're probably uh, looking in the third round. You, you don't uh, bench a third rounder. I don't care. Yeah. That Obviously, I like Dak. I love Russell Wilson next week against Tennessee. Yeah. Their defense is Swiss cheese. I still like Ryan Tannehill. I know he's a, a guy you also were down on because he played poorly, but uh, they're going up against Seattle. Seattle doesn't have great corners. I think their offense is definitely, uh, definitely, they're sorry, their defense is definitely beatable. I think there are definitely some weak points they have. Uh, but I just think that they're going to be in a lot of shootouts, and that means Tannehill, he's going to have to, they're going to be catching, they're going to play a lot of catch up on uh, offense. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's going to be a lot of Julio, A.J. Brown. I still like Tannehill long-term. But next, uh, your your boom running backs, your bus running backs? Yeah, my, my boom running backs were the Lions committee. Um, I know Dan Kimball probably pissed off a lot of fantasy owners this week um, by saying that Jamal Williams was going to be their starter right off the bat. Right off the bat. DeAndre Swift to be on the bench. They both had like 25 each. Uh, don't expect that every week, especially against – Defensive line supposed to be good as the 49ers was. That was weird to me. Um, next up, see, uh, Joe Mixon. Um, obviously, he's a starting running back. He has been for a few years now for the Bengals. He got a lot of hate this offseason. He's one of those guys like, oh, every every fantasy football guy on TikTok's like, here's one running back that will lose you your leagues this year if you draft him. I hated them, man. And I hated them. Joe Mixon. I love Joe Mixon. Would, would I draft him in the fourth round? Probably not. Um, but I liked him. He had 25 this week, 127 yards in the ground, and he had an RB2 finish. Wait, you're saying you wouldn't draft Joe Mixon in the fourth round of your fantasy draft if he oh. was there? Oh, no. Really? Why not? Uh, I mean, I think, like, round four is a good wide receiver round for me personally. I like I going running back early. Um, like, I, I, I got Saquon the first round this year, so – I, I don't, yeah. All right. Well, I would like to buttress that because I feel like I've gotten a couple really good running backs in the third and late fourth. I mean, early fourth. I mean, I was able to get Dave Montgomery. He looked fantastic against. Yeah, I'd rather have Dave Montgomery. I think, I, I don't know. I like him a lot. 
I, I do like Dave Montgomery. I feel like another guy they were like, a guy you expect to be a big time bust this year because he had a really easy schedule last year. It was more like, no, he ran, like you can tell when a running back's going to be really good because he runs extremely hard. And uh, it's just the way Dave Montgomery plays. And just side note on the quarterback thing, Justin Fields and Dave Montgomery running the read option together would be a fantastic show. Uh, but uh, important note, David Montgomery ran the ball 247 times last year and had a 4.33 yards per carry, which is insane. So yeah, it's so impressive. <laughs> and, uh, 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 my, my bus running backs, King Henry, 11 fantasy points, obviously did not benefit from how bad that Titans offense was. He did not look like a 2000 yard rusher last, this week against the Cardinals. Uh, 17 carries, 58 yards. Do you think this year is his downfall? No, hell no. He has no downfall. It's just, it's, I, just, it's just a bad week. I think uh, they play Seattle this week, Bobby Wagner and, and Jamal Adams. I think the offense looks better. I just don't think his numbers are going to be as great this week. See, I think Derrick Henry gets back on the back on the train with a 200-yard performance this week. He'll be wow. okay. Against, against Seattle? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Derrick Henry had two weeks last year with 57 and 60 rushing yards and still had 2,000 on the year. So, Wow. He'll make up for it. He'll be okay. Um. Let's see who I want to go for next. Uh, I think I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. Uh, 90 yards, but no impact because there was no play that made an impact on that Washington Chargers game. He finished 12 fantasy points. Nothing special. 90 yards would be great. Like if you had a touchdown, it'd be a lot better. And for a guy who played wide receiver in college, he does not get enough targets. Uh, that's for that's for a debate for another day. I think they. I would like to say something. Uh, is that. I think they really love J.D. McKissick as a receiving back on that team. I think he he he's definitely a big leash. Last year he had 66 catches out of the backfield. I think he's still there primarily third down back. And, I mean, he's just going to be a problem for you all year. The way Chase Edmonds is a problem if you, have, if you wanted to start James Conner. Yep. And the way they kind of just bounces up both of those two. But, um, uh, my, my third and final bust running back was James Robinson, um, a man that I had in the waiver wires last year. Um, and – was amazing. Um, yeah, he finished, finished with eight points against the Texans. Expect him to go off because it is a Texans after all. Five carries, 25 yards is okay for a guy who's playing like a secondary running back role. But um, for an RB1 who was beginning drafted as early as round two, uh, you do not want to see that at yeah. all. Uh, I will say this, uh, and I, I did actually write this in my article, is that Urban Meyer, and I suspected that this was going to happen from the jump, Urban Meyer has a tendency to lean on the guys he he recruited in college or guys that he has favoritism for. And an undrafted guy like Dave uh, James Robinson just doesn't fit his, the mold of the type of player that he likes. Carlos Hyde is the guy that he really likes, even though it's clearly obvious that James Robinson is fresher legs, better player. Carlos Hyde's a good number two back, but James Robinson's clearly the better number one back. Imagine if Etienne was, was healthy. Oh, my God. Three wonder- times a game. Yeah, I know. I wonder. I wonder. It should be Etienne and, and Robinson, but Carlos. You just have to jam Carlos Hyde in there, and I just feel like he's less of a dynamic player. There, there was a point this offseason where those the first um, list of depth charts got revealed, and this was before Etienne got hurt. Yeah. Number one was Carlos Hyde. Number two was Etienne and James Robinson. As they a, also had Etienne as a slot receiver too. At certain points, they hadn't listed as a slot receiver. I just. My thing is, like, I would still want to trade Robinson because I think a lot of guys are, start, are, are will become low on him. But, like, at the same time, the issue is 
Urban Meyer is a wild card, and you kind of have to hope. And I don't like saying this, but like, there's something James. I mean, uh, Carlos Hyde like either regresses or kind of gets hurt because then James Robinson's the number one guy and the only guy again, and as he should be. As he, yeah, as he clearly should be. It, and uh, I have this feeling towards uh, Tyson Williams. I, obviously, I think he's clearly going to be the guy. I would like to just quickly run down some of the guys who have good matches this week. Najee Harris is playing the Las Vegas Raiders. I really like him against that team. Uh, Nick Chubb is playing Houston. I, I Kareem Hunt is 100% startable, too, in that situation. They both uh, are. Very much so. Alvin Kamara is playing Carolina. Dalvin Cook is playing Arizona. i still not sold on their, their run defense and how talented that defense is. It's a bad game. It's a bad game. Yeah. Uh, Chris McCaffrey is playing New Orleans. East Christian McCaffrey doesn't matter. Uh, I don't care who he's playing up against. You can put him against uh, all Hall of Famers in their prime. McCaffrey's probably still going to go off. Uh, Aaron Jones is playing uh, the Detroit yeah. Lions, startable. Uh, Carson's playing Tennessee, 100% start. Montgomery's playing Cincinnati, start. Mixon's playing uh, the Bears, start. Uh, Zeke playing uh, the Chargers, that's 100% start. A guy I absolutely would not start. Jonathan Taylor's playing the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Don't want to play him. He's not worth playing. Uh, even though, even though David Montgomery, yeah, had, yeah Montgomery had 100, 130 yards against him. I, that's because of their strategy was trying to force Andy Dalton to throw the ball. But uh, yeah, let's move on to the. Well, I, I just want to know what are your thoughts on Saquon Barkley this week? I wouldn't play tonight. Him. Just he's. I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't play him. I just you just have the stress of him being. This is my th- mental thing about Saquon. You feel like you have to start him. Because the points, the average of points per week is, oh, it's like pretty. It's like, oh, he's going to score 16 points. But then in actuality, the way they, they use him and the way that a team functions, he probably, I think he got 60% of the snaps last week. And it just doesn't seem like they're willing and ready to like give him the reins again back in that offense. I just don't think he'll, I don't think, first off, I think he really needs OBJ on this team. I just feel like there's like, he played better when o- Odell was still on the team and still a factor in that offense. I just feel like him by himself on a one-man show is definitely not the best game. The best for his career in a shitty offense. Yeah. And Eli Manning was important for his success too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just in a tough position because I'm starting – I'm probably going to start, end up starting Saquon tonight um, because my backup's Tyson Williams, who is now part of a rotation. Uh, I Oh, this was the last thing I was going to say. 100% start Tyson over him. The reason why Tyson ran extremely hard, was more effective at running the football than uh, Latavius Murray. The, the Ravens do run uh, a more of a, a running back by committee, but you're gonna, are they really going to trust Devontae Freeman and uh, Latavius Murray? I just it's not a, it's not really realistic. Tyson's a younger guy. Obviously, if you don't want to start him this week against the Chiefs, it's understandable. But long term, I think Tyson's always going to be the guy because he looked fantastic last week. He looked, he ran hard. He ran like Murray did not look good at all in my perspective. Like he had the touchdown, but honestly, if they were willing to give that to Tyson, they probably should have. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to wide receivers now. Um, We talked about Debo already. Talked about Corey Davis. I just wanted to throw Devonta Smith in there for a boom. Um, He had 19 points and a touchdown in his first NFL reception. Proved like he, you know, earned that wide receiver one spot in Philly, even though there wasn't much competition for it. I liked how he played. Um, not much commentary on him there. I just, I, it was, it was nice to see a, a, a rookie wide receiver put up 19 points in his debut. My bust wide receivers. Um, number one is Robert Woods. I'm so, so low on this man. 
I don't know why. I am insanely low on Robert Woods. If it weren't for that touchdown, he would have had like six points. Um, my reason for it is because, one, I don't think he's that great. Um, I would never even draft him. I, I wouldn't even touch him with like a 12-foot pole. I'm keeping away from him. Um, and I'm another that, adding on to that this year is because Matt Stafford loves spreading the ball out. He can throw it to literally anybody. Um, obviously, it looked like Cooper Cup was his guy this week. And I don't think that changes. My uh, second – no, go, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I do have Robert Woods, and that stings a little bit here and that. But I do still like Woods because he still functions the same way Cooper does inside, like across the middle, those crossing routes. They run it really well. He's a great route runner. He's still a good wide receiver. I think he's – I still think he's still a good wide receiver. I think a lot of, a lot of the fantasy heads were still obsessed with him. I think the problem is in what – the LA beat writers have been writing for quite some time. And I think a lot of the national media has been ignoring is that him and Van Jefferson have a connection, him, Matt, Matt Stafford and Van Jefferson. And if this, and if they have a solid connection, I mean, it's bad news for both cup and woods. If they're just going to air it out deep together, they're going to kill us on like, you know, if you have, if you're a woods cup holder, you know, like you don't have a golf who checks it down often all the time, you know, if Stafford, Stafford's a smart and talented quarterback, but he also has the arm talent and the ability to, you know, make those tough, difficult throws down the field. And if Van Jefferson's a guy who's willing to make those Kenny Galladay, Calvin Johnson type of plays, then him and him and Stafford are going to have a fantastic year. Barring any injuries, then maybe Woods and, and Cup move up. But honestly, it's starting to make me nervous. And I, I'm honestly kind of interested in putting Woods on the trading block. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I already gave my piece on that one. Uh, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams, not just because it, it was like a, a boss of a game for him. Um, I'm saying that he made the most out of Aaron Rodgers having a 32.5 QBR, which, for comparison, if a quarterback was to scramble out of the pocket and throw it away, throw it into the dirt, for every single pass attempt of the game, they'd have a 39 QBR. Aaron Rodgers had a 32. That's all I'm saying. So oh, Devontae wow. made the best out of his week. Devontae made the best out of a good week, out of a bad week. Uh, five receptions, 57 yards, something like that. So that's, that's just Devontae being Devontae. I, I, I think he's an extremely talented wide receiver. I think Rodgers is a good quarterback. I think the team's going to bounce back. That's all. The, that's my point. Yeah. Um, Terry McLaurin with 10. He had, no catches, he had no catches in the first half. Um, it's certainly danger now because you know, they're already thin at quarterback with – Fitzpatrick, and now they have to trace trust in Taylor Heineke. Um, also, a reason why McLaurin's not on my my list right now because he's playing some tough wide receiver, uh, tough cornerback ones like tonight. Um, he's being shadowed by James Bradbury, who's maybe the most underrated corner in the, corner in the league. Oh yeah, that's so good. He's gonna be shadowing Terry all night long, um, and I don't see Taylor Heineke getting to anyone else, so it's tough. Um, my boom tight ends. Uh, Gronk with 29 on Thursday Night Football, the, the opening game of the week. He looked like his old self, um, the guy who always dominates when Tom's passing him the ball. Um, we expect an output from him, considering that Brady-Gronk connection, but you don't accept, expect 29 points from any tight end for that for that reason. I just had to quickly pull this up because I was really interested. When uh, 
Tampa Bay played Washington in that uh, playoff game, Heineke's like first start. Uh, it was uh, Sims who led the team in targets and catches with seven, seven catches for 104 yards, 13 targets, and McLaurin had six catches for 75 yards and seven targets. Is that, is that Cam Sims? Huh? Cam yeah. Sims? Yeah, okay. Uh, I think so. Hold on one second. I want to get his name right. Of course, did that. So I, I think there's a Steven Sims too. I think it's a, I think it's Steven Sims. Uh, anyway, my my boom tight end. Talked about Jawan Johnson before. Seventeen comes out of nowhere. Three catches, twenty-one yards, two touchdowns. Uh, benefited from Jameis throwing like seventy-five short touchdowns. I wouldn't consider him a sleeping uh, a sleeper moving forward, um, as his tight end five ranking through week one is not at all sustainable. Um, for bust, uh, this one was tough for me because I invested my third round pick in a Kyle Pitts. He finished with seven. It's not on him. Uh, the Falcons weren't that great. The Eagles defense looked like the Steelers. Um, I will say this, Arthur Smith even openly talked about how he wasn't really, not that he wasn't prepared. I think he was the, the role as a head coach is a little different than the role as uh, an offensive coordinator. And I think he's still learning on the fly. I would not be so – do not sell uh, Kyle Pitts this low. He's going to continue to play well. Yeah, uh, he, obviously high expectations heading the week. Uh, maybe a little unfair considering it was his first NFL for, game. For both the offense and the team. You, you compare what he did in college to what he should be doing in the NFL, there's no comparison. Exactly. Um, exactly the way I feel about Arthur Smith and the Falcons. They may – there will be a day where the team turns around with Kyle Pitts as the face and Calvin Ridley, but it may not be this year. And that's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, it was, it was a tough game going against the best team in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I got you. I got you to agree. I got you to agree. All right. Um, I, I didn't write this one down, but I'm going to audible a little bit just because I was looking through DraftKings players for this week just to, like, see where they were. Um, how about Mike Jasicki? Oh, I had him. He fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Three targets, no receptions. Um, that's just the two effect right there. Uh, I have uh, no interest in having – I let go of Kosicki. I started Gerald Everett over Kosicki. Good and on you. And, yeah, and he scored a touchdown. I mean, I actually think Gerald Everett is an actually really talented – I think he's a very solid NFL he's so player. Fast. He's so fast. He's so good. And I think – I think Will I'm, – I'm going to tell you this. As the year goes on, he will compile up good numbers for Wilson as quarterback because there's still the number three on that team. It's Tyler yeah, Lockett. The only problem with Everett was, I think, was a lot of character concerns. Yeah. He seemed like a little unmotivated in his time the Rams, but he looks good now. I Yeah, and uh, the thing with Gusecki is I don't want anything to do with him. He was a boomer bus guy last year. He had one really spectacular game against the Chiefs. I won't forget that game. Heavily cover. I just, won't, I just remember them scoring a big touchdown, but I don't think Gusecki's a guy worth starting, worth playing. I just think Tua, is, Tua has his guy with Jalen Waddle. Tua has his guy with Devonta Parker. Will Fuller's coming back. They already have Ahmed, uh, Malcolm Brown, and uh, Gaskin in the backfield. Like, it's just a crowded backfield and a crowded team. And Gasicki's just going to keep falling back. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's that's it for my segment, for my boomer bus. Um, our last official segment is yours, Abel. Uh, your player sign at the waiver wire for this week. All right. Well, uh, now, I mean, I try to leak as much of this information throughout. We talked about Trey Sermon. I have no clue what's going to happen with him. 
Kyle Shanahan will just randomly say, oh, today Trey Sermon is going to have 20 carries for 150 yards. You can go screw yourself. Or, you know, Jermichael Hasty is going to run 35. Yeah, it, it's, it's essentially he's creating a situation where it's four running backs on the team that can play at any moment, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And then in week 14 in the playoffs, Raheem Mostert is going to be the main guy. Uh, Ayuk, is, I'm done with him. I've talked about Tyson Williams, about how much I really like him. I, like the Ravens are just loading up on old and slow running backs. And it's going to be significantly different when you're, when they have a guy like Lamar Jackson and all of last year was Gus Edwards hammering it. Gus, it was Gus. It was uh, JK Dobbins and, and Lamar running it down your throat. And then now you have Tyson Williams who keeps up that pace. And then you have Latavius Murray, Devonte Freeman, yeah. Bell. like it's just, the offense is going to miss, miss a lot of beats. And honestly, it's going to be where at the point where they're going to have to put those guys in to get carries to keep the offense moving, but it's not going to be for the, like, it's it's going to be just to the sake for saving Williams' legs. And I think he's worthy. He's a number one back in my honest opinion. Yeah. I said Tim Patrick is worth signing because Judy's hurt. Uh, Sammy Watkins had a fantastic week. He had six catches for 94 yards, or was it four Eight targets. Eight targets. That's the key thing. He's he's getting targeted. Deshaun, I mean, uh, not Deshaun. Lamar is. He looked like a better passer in that game, in my honest opinion. He looked like a better passer, and I think, I, they probably should have won the game. Obviously, down the stretch when he had to drop back and pass. I don't really know what happened to him in overtime. I think the team was kind of taken aback by the, the fact that they lost. They had, they had won the game, lost the game. It's just a bad Lamar and Ravens game. As in, like, they felt like they won the game. They felt like they lost the game. To go back out there on offense kind of just threw them off. Uh, but Sammy's definitely a guy you want eight targets. Lamar's already getting him the ball more than Hollywood Brown. I mean, Hollywood Brown actually looked a lot better than I thought he would. For his I, did, I did end up rostering him last second, and I'm happy that I did. Yeah, I, I honestly think – and it's, it's, it's a good sign if you're seeing Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown play really good in the first game. Could be a sign I, of – I want to I want to steal your next one when you get into it because it's a guy that I, I've been so high on for so long. All right, uh, cool, cool, Komet. Cool, Komet. The Bears oh. love tight ends. The Bears love tight ends. Andy Dalton, always needs a safety blanket. Quarterback's best friend is your tight end. Learn out Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz in Philadelphia – Quarterbacks love consistent tight ends, and Cole Komet looks like that. Um, I forget where exactly he placed because I don't think he, I don't think he scored a touchdown or anything. I I, I want to double check that because I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did either. He had, he had seven targets, which is what I like out of him. Exactly. Um, I, I like it a lot because Jimmy Graham is is dead. He's old. Um, I, he's, I wrote that in my uh, show notes. I said yeah. Jimmy Graham is completely washed and. He's he's done. He's not gonna. He's out of here. And, and if, if, you're, if you're someone who who uh, waivers, uh, you know, like like take shuttles and flyers on um, on tight ends, Cole Komet might be your guy if a good uh, matchup. He, remind, he reminds me of a guy like Ta- the Tanyan and the Thomases of the world of last year, just playing him. And Tanyan was probably my maybe my most money fantasy pick ever. Yes, I think so, too. There wasn't even, there wasn't even a, a sticker for him in our set for the, our draft board. It wasn't even a sticker for, for Robert Tanya. I had to leave our draft early, and the commissioner texted me, and he's like, who do you want in the 15th round? And I'm like, Robert Tanya. Yeah, so with me last year, in so many of these, like, pivotal games, like, Robert Tanya scoring 12 points was just, like, a really big deal. Like, 
tight, like having a solid tight end is a really big deal. That's why I'm very high in drafting, you know, the top three tight ends, even going out of your way and kind of reaching for a Darren Waller and a, and a George Kittle is paying off for you in, in the short term, the short term and in the long term. All right. Jared Cook. He had 10 targets for the, for the, for the chargers. 10. Justin Herbert loves to throw the ball down the field. He loves it. And Mike Williams had a great game. Jared Cook had a lot of targets. Uh, Keenan Allen's going to be Keenan Allen. This team and this offense, I mean, as like as Herbert throws the ball more down the field, I get lower on guys like Austin Eckler. You're not, you don't have Philip Rivers there anymore, checking it down to Austin Eckler 90 to 100 times. I think we kind of miss that factor. I think a lot of people miss that factor. Eckler had, Eckler had no targets this week. Yeah, and that's the point. Like, it just seems like they're going to be shuffling out a lot of running backs, and Eckler is going to be the one who loses out if his quarterback's not checking the ball down to him. And Jared Cook severely injury prone. Austin Eckler is. Yes. Watch out for. It just doesn't see. It didn't really add up to me that everybody wanted him to get a he, that he was going to project 100 catches when he doesn't have a quarterback who's going to check it down to him 100 times. Mm, yeah. And uh, I was high on Van, Van Jefferson as I kind of level out my love for Robert Robert Woods. I've said, we've talked about that. Zach Pascal, I brought him up. Kenneth Gainwell, I've brought him up. Uh, he is clearly the number two back on the Eagles team. Anything happens to uh, Miles Sanders, he's the number two guy. I mean, he scored a touchdown in, in his first career game. Fantastic at number two back. It honestly seems like this is the new NFL, and you're gonna a number two back could be possible playable in a week. Kenny, Kenny Gainwell is he went to Memphis, same school as Antonio Gibson. Very I mean, similar career arcs. Darren Henderson too. So Darryl it's the same the same type of uh, I guess projection I, I feel about him. I also huge fan of James Winston. So uh, that kind of wraps up my free agency guys. I try to like sprinkle them in like throughout a conversation, but uh, so to wrap up. We're going to run down some uh, bets of the week because I know we've been uh, kind of running a little longer. Now it's two guys. It's like yeah. it's uh, our voices get to be heard for a little longer. I mean, yeah. so uh, specifically speaking, there isn't really like. Just to note that, that we didn't do that good last week. Uh, you went one and one and I was 0 and one because I took the Vikings minus three. You had the Jaguars minus three and a half and you had the Cowboys covering them. Yeah. Six. So I was big on the Cowboys, really big on the Cowboys covering that one. It looked it looked good from the start of the game. For the first like first half, I was like, all right, it's good to go. But uh, I like the Falcons plus 12 and a half against Tampa Bay. I think just as kind of reactionary as week one is, they kind of it swings back the other way in week two. And the Falcons are not as bad as the plus 12. Like no. it's just not. In Tampa Bay, it's just not a good regular season football team. They just they they're not they're not going to beat Atlanta by twelve points. Uh, that's one game that I really like. Uh, There's going to be a lot of running in that game. A lot of running in that game. If you have Buccaneers or Falcons running backs, play them. Also, too, if there's going to be a big Calvin Ridley Russell Gage week, there's just nobody's going to like the Tampa Bay's at um, uh, corners are turnstile. It's just it's it's open season. And yeah. Matt, Matt Ryan's a comparable quarterback. I think Philly's a feisty defense. And that's something kind of like – kind of missing in Tampa Bay's defense, like early, in the early parts of last year too. They lacked that kind of hunger and that edge that was missing that kind of the, the Eagles would have. 
But uh, any bets that you like really stand out to you? I think only the plus 12. We talked before about the, that, that, that trap game that I talked about was the Cardinals minus three and a half against the Vikings. Um, the Cardinals demolished the Titans by like 14 last week. Um, I liked them a lot. It, it, it was more than that. I don't even, I forget before that game. I'm, I'm blanking on it now. Um, but it, it feels like a trap because the Vikings just lost to the Bengals. Uh, not a great team. So it feels like a trap. They're setting you up for minus three and a half, but I'm still going to take the bait on it. I like that a lot. The second the one. Cardinals minus three. You like the Vikings. Cardinals minus three and a half. Um, and the second one, I know that it's kind of a – this is a very reactionary one based off what, what I saw week one. Uh, the Broncos aren't that great of a team. I said it in our recording last week that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. I was wrong, and he is going to win you games. That's why I like the Denver Broncos minus six against the Jaguars this week. Wow. I do like that. Oh, no, I don't know how I feel about that. Honestly, yes, I like that game's over because the Jaguars are going to give a lot of uh, the game could easily, honestly, really easily end 27-20. And it wouldn't even be, like, it'd be uh, – It's okay because they cover. It's, it's yeah, okay. they cover. They cover your spread and it's, it goes over. And it also would show that the Denver's defense is pretty good. And The Denver's defense is good. I don't know why everyone's so low on them. I don't know why also, too, everyone's low on Vic Fangio. He's, like, one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL. He's a fantastic, right there. Exactly. He's a fantastic defensive coach with fantastic defensive players. Justin Simmons, Vaughn Miller. Uh, Bradley Chubb didn't even play last week. Exactly. It's uh, just – back. Um, Patrick Sertain. Hold on. I got a question. Where's the Bears' defense been since 2018? Vic Fangio was the guy who was there. Sit, like, I can't like, – No, no you're right. You're right. The last good season they had was when Vic was the coach. They were fantastic. It would look like the monsters of the midway. Like, honestly, like, there's just no, you know, I don't. What's going to Khalil Mack, man? I know that he's still great, but he's probably, like, the most silent guy in the league. But yeah. You know, we got to watch Khalil Mack. Like, he's going to dominate whoever's running back is there. Hasn't looked great in, like, two years now. Yeah, I mean, he was not a factor against Rams' uh, offensive line. And I know the Rams <laughs> – Huh? I don't think the Rams' line's that great. Yeah, exactly the point. Like he was not a factor in that game, and even though the Rams' offensive line was great, uh, the Colts. I think an interesting one is uh, Colts Rams minus three. Mm-hmm. I like now that I think about it. I think the Colts. I mean, uh, sorry, the Rams covered that three and a half. I, I think, think the Colts. I think the Colts are very overrated. I think they're not great. You know me. I love Carson Wentz. He's my boy. Um, I just don't think that team's that great. And I, I think the over is kind of too much. Not great value at 48. I would probably would probably focus on the under there. I like the Bills. Oh, no. I don't know. That Bills-Dolphins game, I'm staying away. I could swing it. Yeah. Anyway. No. Sorry. Lock it in right now. Uh, Bills minus three and a half. Tua looked pitiful last week. I know there was a – But he's bouncing back. He bounces back. Um, he bounces back. My, I think. My, my underdog cover is going to be – the Raiders plus six and a half against the Steelers. Um, the Steelers didn't look that good in the first half. They obviously, you know, they they block a punt return for touchdown. Um, the over-under set at 47, which I think is like honestly like a perfect number. And the Raiders like bringing games into overtime. Yeah. I think this could be a good over game as well. Um, I like the Raiders D-line. The the Steelers right receiver didn't look that great. Uh, the Raiders, however, did look amazing. Derek Carr has most passing yards in the NFL. 
Super underrated. I like them to cover plus six and a half. And, uh, you like the Raiders to cover plus six and a half. I also like the game's over. Two reasons. Uh, Steelers are going to oh. – yeah, because the Raiders are going to push the ball down the field. They're going to force the Steelers to to actually push the ball down the field themselves. It's going to be a higher octane off. Better, they have a better offense to go up against the Steelers than the the Bills do. Yeah, it's more diverse. Uh, it's a better. John Gruden's a great offensive coach and a great offensive mind. Darren Wall, Darren Wall creates mismatches. Brian Edwards, we forgot to bring him up earlier. Brian Edwards is a guy you need to pick up on your team. I He's played him last week when I found out that OBJ was getting hurt. I plugged in Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards had a great game. Uh, all of his receptions came to fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure, and he got robbed of a touchdown that would have won the game for the Raiders. But he started. Uh, I, I bet started, he already has him, but you have to have him. You know who I started to? Another guy who might be worth starting. I started because of OBJ and Brandon Ayuk screwing me over. I started, uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Hunter Renfro. Fantastic game. He would have had more points and more yards if they weren't grabbing him and yanking him to the ground. I think that offense is more dynamic than people would like to give him credit for. I think John Gruden's a better coach than people would like to give him credit for. I just don't think they're great at drafting. I think they missed on some some of the players that they picked up. And I think uh, sometimes they don't show up. And they love the big games. This team's a really big game to focus. Like if they're playing a one o'clock game and you know, Jacksonville, they'll slip up and they won't look as good. But in these big games against good teams, they show up. And it's just going to be – I think it's going to be a much higher scoring game and a much better looking game. All right. Um, yeah, we gave – Also, the Raiders' defense here. is trash compared to the Buffalo's defense. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Max Crosby does look amazing, though. He yeah. Look really good. And also, Nassib looked pretty good, too. <laughs> That I think their edge rushers look great. I mean, you saw that video, Max Crosby step for step with Lamar Jackson. And the, the crazy part is, too, uh, the, the guys that they drafted have looked kind of irrelevant, and the guys – and then the guy they drafted in the later rounds of the draft look much better than the guys uh, – what's his name? Cleveland Farrell uh, have looked compared, and it's kind Healthy. of shocking. Healthy scratch, Clone Flair, uh, Clone Farrell. Exactly. They could have picked up Josh Allen, too. Not the, the quarterback, Josh Allen, the defensive end. From yeah. Kentucky, yeah. yeah Kentucky. Um, I think I think Trevon Ward's a guy that he's going to get up. He's going to he'll, – he'll have his time. He was a second-rounder at a TCU that I liked a lot. I think he's the best safety in the draft, like like rankings-wise. Um, obviously, Javon Hollins makes some pressure on him from the Dolphins. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to get better throughout the season. That's what, it's going to make our content a lot more fun, fantasy football in general. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to wrap it up for week two. We've been going for a little while now. We got plenty of content. Yeah, we, um, we, yeah we're going to get some football in about 20, 30 minutes here. Uh, some Washington football team versus the New York football giants. Um, I'm going to watch the game just because they're my division rivals. And I love watching bad football because I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah. NFC East football, fantastic. All right, sign off. See All you right. next week. Peace.